There we go. There we go. I'm with that. And now let's react to it. The claw hand. More. Yeah. There we go. You are like the um, the spoon of emojis. You're out of control. I am. I'm out of control. Uh, it'll. Be, I'll be done with it in a minute. Just like the soundboard. I'll be sick of it. So. Yep. Oh, how do you get sick of a soundboard? Soundboards are the best. You can just like. I can't do it. You can just hit it and go. Exactly. It is awesome. Hi, Tony. That's right. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. Hello, Tony. How are you? Sounds like you're eating some chips over there. Absolutely. I'm eating some chips. Um, One of Australia's iconic brands. ASMR for you people, mm. um, just in the um, school lunchbox size Smith's salt and vinegar chips. One of my favourites. They're probably the best crinkle cuts on the Australian market. I actually think the best like quality potato chip is Tyrrell's um, that you can get in a supermarket. Really good quality. Um, but that's a straight cut chip, kind of like a, okay. a thicker version of a Lay's. This is more like a... I don't know. It's not really a ruffle because the crinkle cut's much bigger. The the the, um, the ridges. I don't know whether you can see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're okay, much so that's more a defined. bit more of like a yeah, a more wavy um, ruffle. Yeah, I actually picked up Tony. This was a good chip I had the other day uh, when I did my old old person trip to the Green Valley Ranch to get my crappy gift <laughs> and drink soda water. And sometimes I get a little I get a little snack. Uh, uh, know snacky on there so i got to get myself a little bag of chips so i got these the you ever you guys have the um well like the kettle cooked um probably not the brand the kettle cooked brand or whatever but we have this brand that's like everything kettle cooked um and they're doing a salt and pepper ruffled kettle cooked chip it actually is pretty damn good we have the kettle brand but we do have um like tyrrells i think are considered kettle cooked um Dude, chips. I love those. Those are so good. I love those yep. Tyrrell's chips. Those were so, those like got me through my hospital stay. I fucking, <laughs> they were in the Walgreens downstairs or Avon yep. Pan or some shit. They were so they're fucking good. Their cheese flavor is so fucking good. Yes. I oh, the cheese and onion one, or cheddar and onion yeah. one. Oh, Lord, that's good. So, this yeah, Tyrrell's is a, chips, you got to get those, gang. This is an article dating back to February of 2023. So, I don't know whether they're still for sale. They were a couple of days of, a couple of weeks ago, I did see them, so I'll pick them up uh, because they are a limited edition chip. If I do see them again, um, Smiths have got a double crunch, which is a even bigger ridge in their chips, and they're they're twice as thick. Uh, Mad Mex, which is like a bad Mexican chain here in Australia, with oh, two yeah. burritos, you can get one at Southern Cross. Uh, Red Rooster, a bad chicken chain in Australia, uh, and that's their uh, Red's fried chicken burger flavor, and. This shit's probably better than every fast food restaurant in the States. Uh, not Red Rooster, no. And this one okay. is the same all over the world because they've got the same corporate office all over the world, and that is Subway and their meatball sub-flavoured chip. 
Okay, now Subway just got bought by Jimmy John's. Did you hear about this? No, I did not. They're not not by Jimmy John's. They got bought by the private equity firm or venture yep. capital firm, private equity that owns fucking Jimmy John's and Arby's. Um, now I'm not super uh, in love with Jimmy John's. It's not my favorite sandwich, but I'm not against Jimmy John's. I'm I'm fine with me and Jimmy John's are fine. I have a long, long relationship with Jimmy John's. Dating back to my time in the headquarters town of Champaign, Illinois. The one, uh, but the one thing I'll say about Jimmy John's, their business practices as far as expansion is probably better than Subway. Like if you've ever oh, seen God. that. Yeah. Um, the John Oliver bit. Yeah. Jesus. That was amazing. It's, it's on, um, they did a bit on this show called History of the History of Food or something like that, or History of American Food or something like that. And um, they talked about the Subway how it all got started, the two guys who started it, like getting into a whole fight about expansion and everything. So it's a whole, it was a whole deal, but that, that's yeah. That, so Subway now makes, has slicers in the store. That was the big thing with Subway. This wow. Was they have slicers in the store now. So you're not just getting the pre-sliced newspaper, wet newspaper meat. So do they bring in a different artist? Cause of course their staff are a sandwich artist. Does that mean we've get, got slicing artists? Are they specialists? Ooh, I don't know. Now, Jersey Mike's does the slicing in-house, and uh, they they slice to order, and um, they I don't think they don't do it. I, the the man who cuts the meat is the man building your sandwich. They're putting that. They're taking it off the blade and onto your sandwich, which is dope. God intended. Tony, when you're here, you got to get a Jersey Mike's. I, Absolutely, I've been on they weren't in Vegas at the time. Uh, Jimmy John's had yeah. just made it to Vegas, I think, at that point in time. Or at least I had it in the, in the airport now. Um, in Nebraska, actually, I had Jimmy John's. Um, and they bake anything yeah. with bacon at Jimmy John's is pretty good. Um, it is actually, they do have good bacon. Yeah, it's like you're looking for small mercies in a lot of these chains. Let's let's be clear, we all know it's, it's garbage food uh, with garbage quality ingredients. It's, but it's if salt. you can get yeah, one niche in the market, it really pays for itself, and they certainly have with their bacon at Jimmy John's and their their super quick delivery, which I'm not sure whether it still holds up post pandemic. But that used to be their thing; they could um, basically fast. get you the um, the sub before you've hung up the phone. It was quite fast. the The airport one in in Vegas is maybe a little maybe not so freaky, and the you know it's just maybe regular fast, I guess. But um. Yeah, and, and the other thing I got to try here, Tony, actually, I'm going to, I don't know why I feel the need to tell you guys this, but I really want, Capriati's is a sandwich chain around here, and in some parts of the East Coast, they started doing a Harlem chopped cheese. Are you familiar with the Harlem-style chopped cheese sandwich? Well, is this the one that they do at Bodegas? I think I yes. am familiar with it. Yes. Yep, I am familiar with it. Kind of like a, kind of like a Philly cheese, but with like just hamburger cut patty. up hamburgers. Yep. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm into it. The closest thing I've ever had I had in New York, but I was in Queens um, at some brewery or whatever, and so it was a little gussied up. But uh, I did love the idea of it. It mostly tasted sort of like White Castle meat because it just tasted like fucking onions and burger meat. Oh, I'm like, Hell yeah. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I'm going to get that from Capriati's, and it's probably going to make me feel really bad, so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. One thing um, I've been getting into a bit on YouTube, I don't know whether you've ever seen them, it's a sort of explainer videos. And 
it's pretty cheaply made content, but it's all about the history of these like hyper regional chains that are either yeah. something of a relic of the past that no longer exists, or a, a hyper regional chain that got us a period of success for a short period of time in the seventies or eighties or nineties, and then have, have dove off a cliff and have almost disappeared, like Shakey's Pizza. And stuff like that. And it's always interesting to hear about the management and how quickly most of those firms have been bought out by um, venture capitalists and um, equity funds and stuff like that and about the mismanagement that goes on within those those chains and and how it fucks them over. I'll give you a hyper-regional thing to look up just uh, when you want to – if you want to see what they've got on one of these or you want to do your own research – do your own research, as they say. Um, oh no, he's going to Monoc- red, red pill me on VC firms and equity Monoc- firms. This is going to this is pretty red pilling shit. This is red country all the way. Monocle's Pizza, Monocle's Pizza. I, I would love to know if any of our listeners know what the fuck I'm talking about. I know one of our listeners definitely knows what I'm talking about. Um, is that Dr- Monocle's Pizza? Oh, two at least two actually. So yes, so uh, Griff's drunk uncle and. Um, and one other listener of ours will have an in-depth familiarity with Monocles, which is a pizza place that started in like North Central Illinois um, and is spread throughout Central Illinois and part a few parts of Indiana, maybe. And um, you know, so people who grew up with it seem to love it. Love it. I think it's putrid. I think it's absolutely nasty. Tell it us what you really think a, about it. <laughs> It bears a some a light similarity to tavern style pizza, like Chicago tavern style pizza, or even St. Louis, but it really doesn't hit the mark for either. It's it's awkwardly sweet, um, the sauce, and um, it uh, it come, they they're famous for a salad dressing, which should tell you everything you need to know about the <laughs> pizza, um, which is some sort of like Western type dressing. I think if you're familiar with Western dressing, do you know no. what the fuck I'm talking about? No, Western with- dressing is like, it's like bar, it's almost barbecue sauce. It's it's okay. it's, it's it's barely not barbecue sauce. Um, it, it's it's whatever. So um, the only reason I bring that up is it's a curiosity to me why it exists, and the only times I've ever eaten there. And um, apologies for being gross. I have absolutely had like panic shit, and I really am not someone. I admittedly, even though I do enjoy drinking beer and probably don't have the healthiest lifestyle in the world, um, I'm generally healthy enough. And uh, I have never had to like panic run to the bathroom as bad as both times in my life that I've gone to Monocles. So, uh, so really if, unpleasant. If you're looking for a laxative in fast food form, you can recommend Monocles Pizza. Monocles Pizza will wipe out. Whatever's inside of you, yeah, it'll be gone. Uh, can't recommend, or I do for that. I don't yeah, know Tony, I uh, wanted to um, wanted to mention that I went and saw some magic again. Remember a few months ago when we went and saw magic? Me and me and uh, Kel- Kelawatt went and saw some. We saw David Copperfield. Yes. So we've decided to continue on our tour of the of the magicians of Vegas by going to see Shin Lim. You familiar with this fellow, Tony? No, I thought you were going to be uh, doing a Chris Angle bit, but uh... no, I've I that would be much better content for the show. But instead, I went and saw this guy who was good. Is he part um, of the um, 
The um, what, what's the um? He's got a um, Asian sounding name, and we know your area is big for that church that owns the um, the Washington. With Shen Yun. <laughs> yeah. No, he is not. He's uh, not related with Shen Yun. Although I was paranoid when I kept saying his name, I was like, "Do they think I'm going to Shen Yun? Is this <laughs> confusing?" No, it's just some guy who is who won America's Got Talent or whatever. He okay. does card tricks, a lot of close up magic, all like sleight of hand magic, which works great in a fucking, big theater. It was fucking good, dude. Um, it's pretty amazing. I I do recommend it uh, to anyone who likes watching shit like that. But that's not the reason I'm bringing this up. The reason I'm bringing this up is uh, just to give my own bit of not, I guess, Vegas news, but Vegas um, takes. The Mirage is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> uh, if anyone remembers the Mirage from the bygone era of it being like nice, and even a bygone era where it was sort of it was nice, but for a down. long time. Yep. Yeah, like, but it was still had like some class. Maybe it yeah. was getting a little bit burnt, like rough around the edges. But it was still good restaurants. Uh, pretty, you know, they had the waterfall. They had the volcano. Um, they had the rum bar and all that stuff. I think they have some of that stuff, but man, this place was freaky on a, on a Saturday, man. It was a, um, well, it's in trend. It was a mess in there because they're changing owners and it is changing owners. It is, it has currently changed to being hard rock owned by hard rock. The but still managed by tribe. Is it MGM? No, not anymore. No, it's no, it's all managed by Hard Rock now. No, um, no this is. <laughs> see, they don't do the management changeover until after Vegas F one. That's the thing. But they're using the Hard Rock fucking players card. Everything's Hard Rock players card. That's yes. fucked, dude. Whatever. I That's guess why it's in transition at the moment. Players. It's going to be twelve months of of shit holery. Hopefully, then it picks up. Hopefully, we don't get another Rio situation. I've been getting dude, the, the Rio parking. pop up on my. Uh, they, the first thing they decide to do is get rid of the locals' parking from MGM. Great decision. Yep. So uh, I had to pay fifteen dollars to park at this shithole. And um, it's just it's just nasty in there. It's it's unpleasant in there. Um, the I would, for lack of a better way to say it, and this makes me sound like a dickhead. Uh, I can only say it in the way that they talk about it on Succession. I would say the Mirage is full of what I would call un, uh, not serious people. Yep, a lot gotcha. of unserious people are are meandering about <laughs> the Hard Rock. They reminded me more of the people I used to see in the Hooters casino than I yep. would see in the, say, the Win. Maybe uh, they were closer, on, much closer on the scale <laughs> to Hooters. Um, so, while I do recommend, you know, going to Shinlim, I would see if you can try to like uh, get dropped off in the theater somehow. Maybe see if he can do some sort of magic on you where you appear in the seat. <laughs> Just- It'd be awesome because having to walk through the Mirage is really quite unpleasant. Now, what are your must-avoid casinos? Sorry to turn this into a um, this ain't Iowa podcast, but what are your? Um, I know they're famous, but avoid these or these are shitholes. Do I need you're to do a voice? If this is going to be a this ain't Iowa bit. Do I need to get my? You I have to, to do a character. Ready? I have to do a character for the next eighty minutes. Griffey Junior. Um, Griffey, yeah, Ken Ken Griffey Junior here. <laughs> With I don't know what his voice head. sounds like. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Neither do the Simpsons. Um, right. Uh, the um, 
What are the must avoid casinos? I, I mean, Circus Circus. I've I've actually never been in Circus Circus, so uh, that's one. You've been there. I know that. Yeah, um, back in the day, it was a shithole. From what I've heard, at least the casino floor they're making strides to get rid of the cigarette smell. Now, how long have we been smoke free oh. in Vegas? <laughs> a long time. Right. But Circus Circus, um, apparently. Isn't as bad as the Rio, for example. Um, no, the Rio's. No, do not touch the Rio. No, the yeah. Rio's is um, poison right now. No circus, circus. And the strat um, I hear if you're is pretty go terrible. Anywhere, I I don't know. I I've heard some renovation rumors about the strat, but I just wouldn't bother with it. It's yeah, because so, it's so out of the way. way. What are you doing? Yeah, what's the yeah. point? Um. Uh. Ooh. You know, some people have a soft spot for those downtown casinos, but I'm done with them. Your Binions, your Four Queens, um, I'm out on those. Uh, you know, if I'm going to do any of them, it would be like you know, Plaza or, or I guess Circa. I guess I would just go to Circa. Well, come um, on, you're missing one. The it's Nugget? Te- it's technically not in Fremont Street. Oh, El Cortez. El yeah, Cortez. Yeah, El Cortez. Well, it's, you know, it's on Fremont, but it's a bit further down, yep. Let's go to El- if you want the downtown vibe, just go to El Cortez. Just fuck all the rest yep. of it. It's and you don't shit. have to deal with those fucking um, characters that want their photo taken and the flying fox if that's still there or the canopy. And then I would just, I mean, unless you're me on a Friday that has to play blackjack, don't go to, you don't need to go to the Boulder Station. I mean, there's nothing going on. No. You got to have a plan if you're going to that place. You're going for Alpha Store tacos <laughs> and to sit by yourself. At the five free bet blackjack table, where Adam Thielen's um, guy wearing an Adam Thielen jersey is the pit boss. That's, I like that's it. your whole. That's your afternoon. That sounds all right. No reason to go there otherwise. What yeah. about Green Valley Ranch? Are you a big Green Valley Ranch guy? Yeah, GVR is good. I don't. GVR is clean. It's nice. Uh, it smells fine. Um, yeah, Red Rock, good. All the you know the most serious station places. Are, yeah, stations yeah, is underrated. They're never going to be like top of the line casinos, <laughs> but you're not likely to get shivved in them. And you just see a nice mix of people. About 10% unhinged, about 30%. Boulder. A lot of them are at Boulder, yeah. Yep. 30% Generally like genuinely people good people. human people, and then the rest are like a big MAGA crowd. At least that's what yeah, I think of stations. Lot, it, honestly, it is a lot of MAGA. You're getting a lot of either. No matter which part of town you go to, you're, you're getting a healthy MAGA dose at any Station property. The only reason I would avoid them and I should avoid them, but I'm a fucking hypocrite, <laughs> is because they're the only ones that aren't union. They're not. They're not union. They're not hooked yep. up with the culinary here because they're fucking assholes. But um, you know, I'm a piece of shit. So here I am. Uh, all right, Tony. Moving on. Uh, so I wanted to do this today. You know, I love lists. I know our listeners love this shit more than anything in the world. Um, which is uh. Uh, various lists of food and crap, but it's coming up on Labor Day, and I always feel like we end up behind the curve on this stuff. I'm gonna, I'm jumping ahead. I'm doing Halloween creep. I'm doing fall creep. It's 108 degrees outside. I'm getting in front of this shit, and I wanted to talk to you about some of your favorite pumpkin spice products because uh, I came across this from our favorite from our friends over at Tasting Table. Thank you, Tasting Table, for this and all the ads, the constant feed of ads. That is running on my screen here. The 26 best pumpkin spice products in 2023. Now, may I suggest they get a fucking editor. <laughs> editor. Why do we need 26? 
Why can't we stop at 25? We are not going to do 26. Oh, yes, uh, we are. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> Lord help us. I, uh, I don't have... I don't have 76 minutes of this voice in me, so um, we will we will breeze through some of the highlights. And Tony, you can look through and pick out some of your favorites. And I, I just wanted to pick some of these out and see what you think about these. You know, to remind everybody, Tony isn't as familiar with the pumpkin spice. You're not as uh, ingratiated in the pumpkin spice universe, correct? In Australia, as we are, pumpkin to you is pretty much strictly a savory uh, item yep. you would eat. Uh, it's a vegetable, which is true. It is a big squash. And um, to us, we have this pumpkin spice, which is more of, and I think I've described it here before, would probably be something similar to what I think the English and maybe the Australians call mixed spice in a way, right? Yeah, but it's degree, kind of like its a own clove thing. cinnamon. It is its own thing. There's There's definitely differences, but it's definitely got some of that like fall warming spice component to it. So, yep. um, Let's let's talk about a couple of these. So, how about this one, Tony? Thomas's pumpkin spice swirl bread. So, I'm not even sure if you're familiar with swirl bread, which is why this one interests me. So, this looks like it's like a raisin. Just looks bread. like raisin toast with um, a pumpkin swirl in it, and has been rolled to That's form. Pretty much it. what it is. Yes, it's sort of like somewhere between bread and a cinnamon roll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. The fine. I don't like spiced breads in the first place or fruited breads. Not my cup of tea at all. Hard pass for me. Right. He's out on that. All right, how about this yep. one? Trader Joe's. This is right below it. Trader Joe's pumpkin spice JoJo's. Now, uh, oh. Tony, a JoJo is like an Oreo. It pretty much exactly okay. like an Oreo. Looks like a round Tim Tam, actually. Um, These ones are covered in something, so usually they're not enrobed in okay. a uh, coating like this. This seems to be covered in sort of a sweet, I'm going to call it a candy coating that doesn't seem to be chocolate. It's a yogurt-flavored coating Gross. with sea salt. Yeah, I know. Yeah, this one does not no, sound awesome to me. Yeah, No Trader Joe's, no. Okay, you're out on that. That one sounds pretty bad to me, too. I got to agree. Um how about we go down here? I like these, Tony. I don't. I don't necessarily know if I like this version, but I like these as a product. The La Colombe pumpkin spiced draft latte. Now these can draft lattes from this coffee company. La Colombe is a pretty well respected coffee brand. Makes high end coffee and and roast good beans. They yep. make these packaged lattes across the country. They are a great in a pinch alternative when you need something quick. These do taste good. Um, now they have these in pumpkin spice. Now, now I'd be behind you're taking those. the PSL here. That that makes sense. It, in a beverage, it's kind of where it is at home. I, I, and in some products, like we'll we'll get down to like the Pillsbury Grands. That makes sense to be in that that product. Um, it's just when it gets shoved into products where it makes no sense that I kind of like shrug my head and think is. Is this spice all it's cracked up to be? But in a drink where it's sort of made its name through um, Starbucks, absolutely makes sense for me. And if it's a higher quality than Starbucks, definitely I'd be down for that. I'm a big fan of these prepackaged high-quality coffees. We get them in Australia. You'll see in Industry Beans at Woolies in Melbourne or 7-Eleven in yeah. Melbourne, and it's quality coffee. Um, so, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Easy and, and what's great about La Colombe is they're so widely distributed. You can get them at like Walgreens, which is yep. amazingly clutch. Um, 
So let's go down to these, Tony. These I did not think these look good to me. These, I, I, but I sort of know what these are. But the pumpkin spice rolls with pumpkin spice icing, Pillsbury Grands. Uh, do you guys have? You guys, I presume you guys have these in a in a container like this type of roll. You don't have any cinnamon rolls like this that come in the pop. Not cinnamon uh, rolls, and we don't have the pop um, packaging. So no, we don't. It, we do have some uh, frozen baked goods or some um, fridged um, doughs Those are probably better. that are in yeah, a plastic yeah. wrapper that are pretty terrible. Everybody, if they want, they want to make it, they'll make it from scratch rather than like just slice it and do all the ship work that you don't actually get the well, joy of making co- it. I see now these are co-branded with Cinnabon, which is a whole thing. We have Cinnabon in Australia. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Sweet. That's relieving to me. I do need my daily Cinnabon. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think of these, Tony? Is this something you'd eat? Would you try these? No, I'm just saying it makes sense. It makes sense for okay. me to see the product branded like this. This this might be the sweetest thing on earth. This looks like the sweetest. This looks like it would kill me. Yep. I, or you, actually. It would probably yeah. kill you before me. This thing looks dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Artificial Valves. Well, I don't have diabetes. I don't have any sort of this is true. sugar uh, issue. This, that's yeah. the only reason. I'm, this thing would kill me over time. We, yes. we might have to wait a couple of years for this thing to take me out. But there's a chance, you know, you could you could just pass out after eating this. You, there's true. no way your body knows how much insulin to deal with after this. No. You, you're very true. It's an, this is a nightmare. Um, now let's move on to I, this. I'm a little yeah. upset about this next one. Um, oh, you want to talk about death, death Wish coffee? Yeah, and it's not so much the the um, pumpkin spice; it's the pumpkin chai coffee. Uh, coffee shouldn't be chai. Sorry. Yeah, you're, you're. They just put cardamom in it. I think all they did was put cardamom in it and call it chai, which I think is really unfair to chai. It's it's probably unfair to the both the product or both the you know thing chai. Yep. As well as probably culturally insensitive to some degree as to not uh, well, even describing what the thing is. I don't want to say culturally, but, yeah. you know, there are people who have come up. I mean, chai didn't come from nowhere. No. It came but, from some people. Yeah, but to broaden something out once it becomes no longer a regional product, yes, you can right. you can open it out to some extent and it doesn't have to stay uh, culturally the same as that reach. Uh, region like I'm not as upset with Twining's pumpkin spice chai tea that's on this list because it makes sense even though Twining's is a British brand so you're taking British brands um, with sort of Indian subcontinent flavors um, and and merging them together um, like doesn't I, sound good to me don't want this. no no um, but plus with coffee, I mean, it's, it's everything any coffee n- nerd, you know, God, I hate that phrase. Um, <laughs> anyone who's into coffee at all will see flavored ground coffee and be like, "That's Gross. that cannot taste like anything." Yeah. Uh, let's jump down to lesser evil organic pumpkin spice popcorn. Uh, so Makes I like sense. the description of this: lesser evil organic pumpkin spice popcorn. Perfectly balances those sweet kettle corn vibes with an added kick from warm fall spices. Is your mouth watering yet, Tony? Is your mouth watering? <laughs> no. Drooling? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe this okay, is so just you. me. 
I'm not a huge fan of sweet spice popcorns. No, me neither. I, I, I've, I've me enjoyed butter. a little, yeah, a little bit of kettle corn. Yep. Uh, a little bit of sweetness is fine, but, but, but don't um, spice it up. I'm a basic bitch. Um, kind of like with my Philly cream cheese. I'm a basic bitch there. If I want pumpkin spice Philly cream cheese, you know what I'll get? I'll get some of the pumpkin spice, tip it into my cream cheese, and I'll stir it round. It takes mere seconds. I mean, I, I even stopped. So I stopped years ago because I realized how stupid it was buying yogurt with fucking flavoring in it or fruit in it. What the fuck is wrong with me? I, I, first of all, I can cut up fruit. Second of all, if I want sweeter fruit, I could just put in some like preserves and stir it up in there. Yeah, it depends when you're having yogurt. If you're having yogurt for breakfast, I just want convenience. I'm having my cup of coffee. I just want to dish out my yogurt, stick it in my bowl. Maybe put some like um, like a crumble on top with some oats and some yeah. nuts in it, which I do make. I do that, I, but I just throw, I just splap in a a, a, half, a teaspoon or a tablespoon of, of preserves, stir it up, <laughs> and put my crumble on there. I'm good. I had some um, fresh fruit right. sometimes. Part, I take yeah, a pass yeah, on you that. Some, yeah, I got some black blackberries. Those are good on there. Blackberries are good in season. Um, blueberries are great right now in Australia. Uh, we had a great strawberry season too. Speaking of a gross yogurt, here's one: Nusa pumpkin yogurt. So this is Tony. You can't see it from this picture, but Nusa's I've had. They're they're fine. They're like a um, they're kind of like a looser. It's not Greek yogurt. It's definitely like a looser yogurt. Um, yep. In Greek, you know, this uh, this on the other side here. If you turn this around, you would just see a bunch of like sweet pumpkin chunks. I've seen this product before. Um, <laughs> really? That's yeah, it's weird. not good. It's not good. Not so I'm pass. just going to rule that out for you right here. All right, let's go to the Williams Sonoma caramel pumpkin butter, a blend of pumpkins, brown sugar, citrus, and spices. This makes sense to me. I'm sorry. I, I know you probably want to make me to what? I know mm. you probably want me to make si- this sounds pretty good this, to me too. But this sounds. I'll delicious. tell you why you shouldn't like this. Williams and Sonoma. No, it's because you can pick up a jar at your local Williams Sonoma for about seventeen dollars. And enjoy it drizzled over ice cream. So, this is a pretty fucking expensive little jar, fourteen and a half ounce jar of uh, yeah, pumpkin butter. That's three hundred eighty-two grams in in correct money. That's a, a lot of preserve. Amount. It's a fair. That's a fair point. Because right. if you look I, at the one I, below, you know, I the whipped honey. I know whipped honey isn't as um, as uh, dense as a preserve. That's a big jar of whipped honey, and that's only twelve ounces, or three hundred and forty grams. All right. Well, let's let's get down to the shit we care about real quick before we move on. Yep. Uh, we got down to Blake's Hard Cider Co. Apple Lantern Roasted Pumpkin Hard Cider. So this is um, this is exactly what it sounds like. So this is a pumpkin uh, hard. Now, cider. have you had Blake's Hard Cider before? Do you know what they're like as a brand? Yeah. Um. It's uh. It's sweet. Compared to like what we would, I mean, the types of cider I like, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's not badly made or anything, but American cider does tend to have a sweeter profile That's unless fine. you're going from the, from the higher, um, and I guess they're making like fucking Basque cider or shit, but this is fine. Uh, th- I think this would be okay. I, I, yeah. I don't think I'd be too bothered by this. No, it actually makes sense 
for me to put it in this, and I think it would work great in cocktails, you know, where you want that, that spice and a sweeter element. I think cider is underrated when it comes to cocktails. Now, I like the thing, the picture they have here is of making a little cider cocktail out of this yep. with some bullet with some bullet whiskey, maybe, which actually I could get down with that. That sounds that sounds nice. Um, all right. How about this? So this is a preview of what maybe we've got coming later on uh, for Tony. Uh, this is the Elysian Puncacino coffee pumpkin ale. Tony, I can't say I th- anything. I, I think know, it's like real. Puncacino without... I can't. This one's real. You got it. Um, I can't say anything Puncacino or Uncacino without thinking of the um, the what Jack and Jill, where uh, Al Pacino was doing the Dunkachino commercial. You have to look that up, Tony. I'll I, I, I must say, I've watched that movie, but I've erased it from my mind, so I can't remember it at all. I apologize. It's a really but, bad movie, but yeah. this, that, that became a, it became a meme. So it's it's pretty funny, but. This is a pumpkin spice latte in beer form. I like Elysian Puncacino coffee pumpkin ale balances fall spice with quality coffee beans for a refreshing taste of autumn. So you got, this looks like it's a, um, kind of a pumpkin porter maybe, I would say, close to. Yeah, it seems to me to be that way. Now, do you often use the word autumn in that regard? Because don't you most of the time use fall or is it? That just me. I think generally people say fall, but they are the same. We we can say. I realize that, but yeah, Yeah. autumnal. I see you guys use a bit, Um, but just for us, it's always autumn. Um, But yeah, hey, I don't have anything against the word fall. I know some people do, but yeah. All right, that was a debate on vocabulary. That's cool. All right, (laughs) Uh, so there you go. That's. That's uh, some pumpkin items. Now, uh, just only any anything you want me to bring you. Anything you you want me to bring you? Some of these big cinnamon rolls or some no, pumpkin spice? Not really. Special K or anything? <laughs> I don't know what you're going to get through customs. You'd probably get the special K through. Um, There's nothing real in that, so I doubt any any flora or fauna are coming through on the. Yeah, it's the stuff like the caramel butter, which I th- I think you would struggle to get through, or the. Oh yeah, I probably the will not be doing that. Is, yeah. is a big pass, um, or the cold brew coffee would be worth a try, even though I think it's probably a disaster. But again, it makes sense for me to be in that. I'm sticking with. I'm focusing on beer. If I need to get anything through, it's just going to be rev cans. So. Yep. Now speaking about your upcoming trip to Australia. Are there any Australian words that I use sparingly or that you run into and you think, what the fuck is he talking about? What the fuck are Australians talking about? Disregarding the accent, of course, because, of course, you know, my lovely voice can be confusing. But is there any sort of verbiage that's different to the English, which you're pretty familiar with, that is uniquely Australian that you think, why do you use that? It's too bad, Tony, because I have been listening to you long enough that I can piece together most of it. Now, uh, this is only because I'm not nearly as good of an actor as Brian is, who is completely baffled or just like has dementia or something, but he cannot piece together through context clues what what you're referring to. It's pretty amazing, but uh, <laughs> maybe he'll... Uh, you know what? We're rooting for him. You know, we're all behind him. So uh, nothing yet, Tony, but yeah. I'm sure I will get there. And this is this happened to me in Ireland. Um, 
Although I understand the Australian um, dialect much better than the Irish and the Scottish, where I was lost. But um, I'm sure somebody will say a word to me. Actually, the one that's going to come up, I already know it, is going to be types of fish. Yep. That's one that I already know is going to come up because in Ireland they had every different name for a type of fish. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And um, I'm sure that'll happen here. Oh, too. definitely, because you'll have things like flake, which you'll have no idea on what flake is. Did you want to take no a guess? It's, it I doesn't have any that, bones. Like a, oh. Mm, okay, so I don't know. Do-do. Fish doesn't have any bones. Some kind of shark. Yep. Um, it's, yeah, okay. Flake is a catch-all ta- term for most sharks. Um, if you get gummy shark, yeah. gummy flake, which is gummy shark, it's fucking delicious. Um, right. That's sort of the Rolls-Royce. Uh, flathead is another big one to watch out for in Australia. I think it's fairly native to us. It's a really ugly-looking fish. You can look it up. Um, kind of looks, I think, like The ugly fish are fucking good, though. Like, yeah. The ugly fish always taste good. The one in Florida is grouper. Yep. That thing is an ugly motherfucker, and it tastes great. Yeah, if you look up, uh, Google an image for dusky flathead. Dusky flathead. Um, right. Oh, yeah, look at this bitch. This thing eats everything that's on the ground, though, and it's yep. all, like, little animals. So it yeah, and it's, it's in... Um, it's in salt water, so it's not muddy like um, you would expect. Um, so really clean, um, white nice, yeah. white fillets. Um, so on most pub menus, when they have fish and chips, it will be flathead, um, which Hell is yeah, I'll be eating that. Which is um, you come to the mid- really delicious. They're very easy to catch. To if we had time for you to go fishing, um, they're relatively easy to catch. If you go to the Midwest, you get to eat all the murky ass lake and river fish. That shit rocks. <laughs> Uh, eat, your, eat yourself some catfish and various lake trout and shit. It's pretty cool. All right, Tony, let's do some beer talk. Why don't we, or, or just whatever. Let's go, let's go over and do the Discord. Oh, okay. All right, gang, if you want to join our Discord, just drop us a note on Instagram, Beer Engine Pod. Drop us an email, show at beerengineshow at gmail.com. Or you can click the old little Discord video game troll controller link at the bottom of our uh, website, which is beerengineshow.com. Uh, gang, I just added a bunch of custom, like, reacts, emotes, emojis, whatever you want to call them. They're not emojis. They're not, like, bitmojis. They're actual, like, little custom pictures we have for our channel. Um, we have so many great ones. There's a James, you know, just at you know, there's a James Watt guy. There's a John <laughs> Taffer little guy. There's a claw hand on there. There's unimpressed Griff. There's a BMO React. There's a um, uh, some other shit. Little Seltzer Man, uh, Pastry Bot. They're all in there. So come uh, come on down, play with the emojis. It's fun. Um, and if you have any requests for any, let us know. We'll see what we can dig up. Uh, have this week tony we had uh uh oh we had some whiskey some whiskey talk happened so last week we talked about grammar purist i almost called him grammar puritan i my mind said grammar puritan would have been very funny for him to be asking a whiskey question but um it it would have been but i could imagine him um in sort of that era with surrounded by a whole bunch of women with their bonnets on and he would have been the intellectual in town Wearing his glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see it. 
Wearing the wearing the the pilgrim hat. Yep. The buckle on it and everything. Oh, of course, yeah. And, <laughs> and speaking in old English, oh, I love it. Yeah, right. Or old Dutch, whatever they were speaking at the time. Oh, mine God. What's that bit? Oh, mine God. I have sent a picture of mine own penis or whatever that whole. You ever see that meme where the. <laughs> it's a guy doing. <laughs> it's a guy doing like a old English voice, but he, uh, he sends a dick pic on the. <laughs> Like a Renaissance <laughs> fair voice, but he sent a dick pic on his phone. I love that. Um, all right. So Nick Torque went and got the whiskey uh, to try it for because uh, um, uh, he found it for Grammar Purist. 52 uh, bucks. Down, discounted to 52 bucks. That's pretty good. That's um, a bargain. Sounds like for, for decent whiskey. So yep. said it's uh, you can smell the fruit from the red wine, smooth and malty, woody, sweet and spicy aftertaste, perfectly fine sipping whiskey. Recommend it. it, it I mean, that sounds great to me. I would absolutely try that. Um, moving on to the beer chat, uh, hey. where we had some good stuff going on here. Oh, um, Cody, I wanted to point out that Craft House, which is just a mere minutes down the street from me, just put in their, uh, they just started doing slow pours off their Lucre faucet. Oh, so if you see this pick I got, uh, this nice puffy, puffy and delicious check check pills from Craft House. They make a very, very nice check pills there. That and they're delicious. making a, a very, very good um, Mertzen. So probably the best Mertzen I've had in Vegas since I moved here. It's aged on Spanish cedar. So they must be putting some cedar spirals or something in, in there with it to condition it. Um, thought they were both lovely. Uh, we had Nick out there at the latest new brewery. It only took one about one week for another brewery open in Victoria. It's called Smiley Brewing Co. About forty five minutes away from his home in Packenham, Packenham, Packenham. Um, it's like ten taps, decent. Decent food, decent food truck. Looks like we got some nice looking chips here. Actually, um, I don't know what this is. Like some kind of chicken, chicken fingy. Maybe it looks like a chicken finger uh, or a chicken breast. Nice and um, transparent bit of. Um, actually, kind of like the towel. glassware. The glassware at this place looks good. Some little ridges in there. Looks like your yep. standard industrial park brewery. Frankly, this reminds me. Honestly, you look at it and it looks like Burgeon Burgeon's original brewery. On the outside, looks exactly like this. Um, so pretty good. Uh, we had PMAC uh, at Boat Rocker, where they just installed a uh, hand pump, a cask. Uh, so they'll be making their classic English styles with low carbonation and at cellar temp, which is pretty cool. Now Boat Rocker, I was looking up where they are. They're kind of they're a, a little bit out, out of the way, way. but we can get. But we'll there. see if we get down there. It might be worth. Out. Their beers are quite good. I hear a lot about their beers. Especially so. their barrel program is great. Um, yeah. Yeah, do they have – might be in their frequently asked questions. Do they have transport options? I reckon we'd be able to get down there. Um, All right. Because it is Brayside, but um, – Yeah. yeah. Brayside's not we can that, look far, at. that far out of the and way. Then we have um, – I will be. Re- I will be talk. We we can talk about the Carwin news in our news segment. I thought we would. Yeah. Thank you to Nick for putting that out there. 
And then Corey had the big news. Now, this was an interesting thing. I didn't want to talk about this in the news segment because I don't want to get caught up on this because it's silly. We had Fox News and everybody going after this. That Joe Biden was going to, um, he's working with some kind of alcohol czar who's going to tell everyone to start drinking between one and two drinks per week in the U.S. Now, Tony, not to not to be a champion for booze. I know alcohol causes, there's no, it's not healthy. We're not going to sit, no. I'm not going to come here and become the advocate for like, everyone's getting healthy from drinking beer or whatever. That's not me. No. Now, what I will say is, of the uh, things that are affecting Americans' health right now, I am skeptical that the number one impact on it is <laughs> drinking more than one drink beer a week. Yes. Um, I think, uh, so I was looking up, just in uh, trying to wrap my head around this story, you know, the highest life expectancy in the, I'll say the non uh um, Southeast Asian world or not, you know, where, you know, like J the Japanese life expectancy is insane, but let's call it the, uh, the area where the Anglos are, have been meandering about for the last thousand years or so is Spain. Uh, Spain is the highest life expectancy uh, in Europe right now. And let's include America in that because our life expectancy is ass going down. Yep. So Spain has probably the most liberal drinking advice of any country in Europe. Uh, they're like, Hey, try to have like less than 25 drinks a week or whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever. Fine. I know that on Saturday in Spain, they're drinking from noon to 3 AM. They're out all night. Those folks are, that's just a late night country. Yes. Um, but they're moderate. I know that they tend, they're not just pounding booze for 15 hours. They're sleeping in the middle. They're kind of relaxing with friends, sipping on a glass of wine here and there, you know, Whatever. But they're also eating fucking fish all day and fresh food and walking everywhere. Yeah. Um, so the, I'm not saying that the booze is making them healthier, but those are the things that are making them healthier, are doing shit like that. Yeah. Don't, and the reason this is the advice is he's not going to say, stop fucking sitting in a chair at work for 50 hours a week, because that would be not the right thing to say Yeah. Uh, per current state of the country which is beer isn't work e more rich. beer is an easy target to go after um on the health side and on the protection side of things because it's everybody sees it but it's just one component of a healthy lifestyle or an unhealthy lifestyle it's a component of a lifestyle and ideally yes two to three drinks a week is ideally what you should have but Nobody lives an ideal lifestyle, even the healthiest freaks out there. Because you know what? If they're one of those healthiest freaks out there, I included the word freaks because they're probably focused too much on their diet to have healthy relationships. Nobody has it all. And alcohol right. can be problematic if used incorrectly to self-medicate or to overuse or, or anything like that. Yes, you, your risk factors for certain things go, go up, but so does eating potatoes. Uh, so does eating um, barbecue food. There are so many risk factors in this world. It's about moderation. It's not, it's not the item that will kill you. It's the dose that will kill you over time. And even if you're outside those ideal margins, you can still live a long Spanish-type life where 
everything else is a little bit more imbalanced. Their work lifestyle balance is more imbalanced. Uh, they're not working yep. themselves to the bone. Uh, they're they're out there exercising. Um, not and paying people six dollars an hour. Yeah, to, like, that's a big component to it. Customer service calls. Yeah, yeah, because that six dollars sure, yeah. an hour means you have to go to fast food because you've got to work two jobs, so you can't afford to right. to spend time shopping. You're just as time poor as you are cash poor. So yeah, it, that plays into it as well. Yeah, so I I would um, you know, to, to everyone their own structure, but this is the uh, their own lifestyle. Uh, but I just think this is this is one of those things that at, at its best is uh, one of those things where I'm like, okay, is he just like not wanting to win an election? And at its worst, uh, seems like one of those things where they're going to use it to deny people's insurance claims or something. Yep. So I'm like, this is, this is just great. Love that. I don't think um, it's even a matter of like winning or losing. It's just like somebody in his cabinet has this bean, he's in their bonnet about it and they're pushing this forward. And because the guy is fucking spineless um, at, yeah. th- at this point in his life, he, he just goes on board with it. Yeah, he isn't. Yeah. He gets on board. This is the last thing. This is, if we're thinking about health of Americans, this is like bottom of the barrel of the shit we need to be worrying about, which is like most, uh, some percent, insane percent of the country just has no access to fresh vegetables. Yep. Or, of, of any type or um, uh, insulin, uh, insulin, oh. right? Medication is yep. unavailable. Healthcare, right? If you want to talk about why the Spanish live so long, it's because they can go to the goddamn doctor. Yeah, I, I can walk into a doctor. I don't pay anything for the doctor visit. I pay a limited amount uh, for my scripts. Even now, I've already gone over the the yearly limit for scripts. All my scripts are now free because they're subsidised yep. by the government. Because they understand if they're going to keep me alive with the thousands of pills I'm on, um, that uh, yeah, they need to subsidise that so I don't do th- things that people in America have to right. do is like ration their insulin. Not that I'm an insulin dependent diabetic at this point, but um, yeah, I if right. you want to follow somebody that actually has their shit together on this and is in, in the political sphere, um, Katie Porter does a great job at tearing big farmer yeah, apart. Good. Yeah, no, it's it's good. So yeah, this again, just one of the things where you're like, yes, this does not seem the right the right thing to be focusing on. I don't know, whatever. Uh, so I will be moving on from it. Also, uh, Corey, thank you for posting a bunch of pictures of Ron DeSantis looking and standing weird. Um, he is <laughs> he looks like he's never stood up before, uh, as usual. Uh, moving on. Um. We have any? We have. Oh no! Is is beer chat? Is that the end for beer chat? Is that all we got? That's I guess all that got. is. Um, I will jump down to Cora Potpourri. Yeah, where I did have a um, an interesting thing come up to on this, Tony. I wanted to get your reaction to this on Cora yesterday. Is um, Murray Hill, and he asks. Uh, well, he's answering a question that somebody asked, which is. You wake up tomorrow at 5 a.m. in a New York City hotel room to find out it's September 10th, 2001. What do you do? Now, I don't want to read his entire answer. If you want to read his entire answer, uh, feel free. Check it out on Discord. But his starts with buying a dictaphone and three mini cassettes and record what you're going to do. At some point, he gets into buying gunpowder. Uh, 
and uh, he's doing some dusting, and he's getting all the police and bomb squads out to the World Trade Center, and I then what I you know, and I so I don't know what's what a bizarre thought exercise. What would you do with an event that you can't change because? Like the planes are going to be in the air. You, if you ring and say there's bomb threats, they're going to treat you like the mad man that you are. Um, yeah. What an odd perspective and an odd thought exercise to actually indulge itself in. That's fucking I would bizarre. Go to the, I would go to the elementary school where George Bush is and try to be the, the guy whispering into his other ear. Yeah. He's reading the kid's book so Although, I can get in the meme. I just want to, I just want to be in okay. the meme. <laughs> because what I was going to say is, if you like actually pull him away before he's like finished, like no. that moment, you then turn in, him into a hero. Like, I know the butterfly effect has been disproven, but how much of an effect do you need to sort of reshape that narrative? And it might not be for the positive sense. It's played out how it's played out. It hasn't played out well over over twenty odd years with with policies. Um, Around the world, not yeah. just America, but policies in general. Um, but do you really want to change it? It wouldn't, it wouldn't be that much of a stretch to see us going even more authoritarian. In certain would aspects. I be my age now when I do that, or am I going to be 16 again? See, that's, that's be, the interesting be... point in your thought exercise. Are you a 16-year-old with the pull of a 16-year-old, with the resources of a 16-year-old, or are you now modern griff with all your current problems and with all your sort of. Yeah. If it's just me and I'm like stuck in 2001 and I'm like. You're just going to masturbate, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can't change anything. You you don't want to create something. I mean, yeah, I guess that didn't. That really isn't dependent on my age. It probably is. <laughs> well, from what we hear, once you get a little bit older, it, it is dependent on your age and, and your pharmacy right. supply. <laughs> what, I've heard about this. Yeah, this comes yes. up. All right, Tony. That's enough being gross for the moment. Why don't we jump over to the logger of the week? Griff's logger of the week. All right, Tony, my logger of the week. Man, you know, I didn't actually go nuts with logger this week, but I did have one just yesterday, actually, that I quite enjoyed. Uh, it was the Paul, you know, this was some traditional shit right here. It's Paul Leonard Pilsner. Yep. Uh, boy, it's great, huh? Um, it's, it's highly affordable, highly available, and highly delicious. So Corey's had it on draft. We're meeting a friend over at Corey's. Had a nice Paul Anner, and uh, it was it was extremely, uh, extremely yummy. Tony, how about you? Mine's going to be the same one as last week. Find Stefana pills. I'm, I'm having one every few days. They're fucking delicious. <laughs> Love them. Yeah, they're good. Those are great. All right, how about you? one's an easy one this week because what I had was so delicious you could almost say it goes into like gloop territory it is 
Royal Sandwich from Goodland Brewing. It is their vanilla. Uh, does it have coconut in it? Let me check if it's got coconut in it. Um, no, hazelnuts. So vanilla, hazelnuts, and marshmallows in a stout. Okay. Pretty delicious, nice, sweet stout. Uh, surprisingly well-balanced. Uh, comes in at 12%, I think. Really, really delicious. Big fan of what Goodland and Interrogan are doing. Local brew to me. We can probably pick up some beer as we head back to Melbourne from there. Okay, I'm interested in that, yes. Ooh. Choices. Tony, what am I going to say? Oh, man. Um, Something for burial. We haven't had a burial beer on here for a while. I actually haven't had. I have not gotten any burial in a while. Maybe some um, Horace. And I can't remember the exact. Oh, here it is. Here we go. This was good. The barrel. This was great, actually. The barrel-aged Mexican style. This was some big shit right here. Barrel-aged Mexican style pot de creme stout from Untitled Art. Shit was fire. Uh, Barrel-aged imperial stout. I have not done a pastry stout in a while, but this one is extremely good. Uh, Barrel-aged imperial stout, macadamia nuts, uh, cinnamon, vanilla, and milk sugar. Uh, They did it with three sons. It was a sweet boy, but it was super punchy with the booze, which I liked. Definitely helped make it a little more drinkable. Uh, Really, really extremely, uh, extremely good. And also, I got to go back to Belgian Beer Week, which was last week. Tony, we were talking about that, but I got to say that um, probably the best thing I had from that draft list has got to be the Creek and Lambic from Ode Beersel. Absolutely delicious. Uh, seven and a half percent, which I thought was crazy. Um, so that's definitely my favorite. That was my favorite sour, I would say, from That is a big, big boy. Last week. It is big, right? For Lambic, seven and a half percent. I thought so too, but tasted really good. Um, really, and mellow too, like not super insanely uh, punchy, really? punchy sour. No, not at all. Pretty funky, I thought actually. So we'll go with those. Uh, and with that, Tony, you know, bunch of good beers. Why don't we move on to the weird shit? What's some hyper beer nerd dork shit news? Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. All right, list number two for the day. I think you'll have some thoughts on this, Tony. This is from Vine Pear. You know I love Vine Pear. You do. Uh, five brewery red flags, according to Reddit. So this is five things that are warning signs for you when you go to a new brewery or check out a brewery. Um, red flags for you. Not beige flags, none of that shit. These are straight up red flags when you go into a brewery. So, um. Let's start right away. Tony, you can tell me if you think these are red flags or not. I think most of them probably are. Yeah. This first one is pretty easy. I'm going to say this is a 100% red flag. Pouring beers into dirty or previously used glassware. Yes, absolutely. This is a huge yeah. red flag. Um, <laughs> there, There's a difference between... Um, like an event where you, you're pouring a whole bunch of shit and somebody forgets to rinse your glass and a brewery where they should be replacing it with freshly washed, clean glass, yeah, glass every yeah, time. Yeah. It's not that hard to run an industrial dishwasher. Pretty no. basic. You literally just push. There's some places you just push the cart into the dishwasher. Yeah. And it does the, 
Yeah. Yep. At, at maximum, you have to stack it and then pull that thing down and away you go. Simples. I like this guy's. So one-eyed Sneasel from Reddit writes this. Last year, I went to a brewery uh, and stopped in for a little bit to kill time before a birthday party. Okay. I started by ordering their flagship stout. I've had it before. It's their best beer. I finished that and decided to try the new lager they had on tap. I hand my glass to the guy behind the counter. Uh, now, usually this is when an employee will drop your glass in a dishwasher or run your glass through the rinser. I mean, they would. They, what they should do is put it in the dishwasher. I was taken aback a little, or sorry, I was taken back a little when he took my glass I gave him that still had brown stout residue in the bottom and poured fresh <laughs> lager directly into it. Yeah, fair, fair go. I, I didn't have a problem with it because this is something I do at the house all the time with my keg right now. Dude, come on, you can get a second glass in your house. Yep, you can. Oh, I agree. come on. All right, moving on. Next one. There are no classics on the menu, and they put classics in quote there. I wasn't sure what this meant. And, and this every is one good that brewery, I slightly disagree with, too. Yeah. Every good brewery should offer some of the staple types of beer to show it actually knows what it's doing. Ooh, I don't know about that, Tony. No. Um, demonstrating prowess in these cats. This is that thing, Tony. I'm just going to jump. I'm not going to read all this. Yeah. This is this is the thing where somebody's um, somebody's like... Anytime I step into an Italian restaurant, the only thing I order first and to prove their merit to me is spaghetti and meatballs, you know? Yep. I won't eat anything else until I try the spaghetti and meatballs. Or they go to a pizza place and they're like, I have to get plain cheese, you know? Like, okay, well, I really don't. Okay, whatever. I don't don't get it. I I do pull... The same move, but it's only if there's nothing on the menu that entices me. If I go to a pub and nothing is standing out for me, I will order a chicken palm. I think that's for the first time out. But it's not like that's a – like if there's something that like grabs me, I'm going to order that. If it's like a quality crafted menu, yeah, I'll grab that. But if it's just like a bog standard pub menu, I'm trying the chicken palm first. But there are so many breweries out there that that specialise – in non-classic beers, there are places that are farmhouse-style breweries or that are right. cool ship breweries. Should we really be tasting Pilsner, Kolsch and Lager from those places, considering it's they're not their fucking bread and butter? No. I don't need to go to Dre Fontaine and drink their Kolsch. Exactly right. Fuck off. <laughs> yep. And, I'm, and I'm I get good. that you see it as a, as a gimmick brewery if all they're doing is like all these over-the-top beers. And you're probably right, but it doesn't mean that they have to do classics. There can be um, specialised brewers in this world that just specialise in one style or a limited style of beer, and they don't need to come back to these classics that everybody else is serving. So I don't agree with this, actually. Not every brewery is our breweries of the year. We know how to pick them, right? Not everyone's Half Acre, not everyone's Burial, not everyone's Deeds, right? Yep. They uh, don't nail everything all the time. You have to have some breweries that do have, like, you know, a niche or a, or a piece, you know, that they do well. Um, and that's fine. And some but, breweries do it all well, but that's why they're the best breweries in the country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but mountain culture, for example, outside of hazies and stouts, you don't see anything on their menu. There's no pilsners, there's no cultures. There's literally not. Sure. But they're not an inferior brewery and they're not a red flag. They're well crafted no, at what flag. they do, and then that 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 red flag wraps up by saying, 
or the options consist of IPAs and only IPAs. And this leads off with maybe a red flag for an article. Listen, we understand IPAs are having a moment right now, which is a phrase that really is doing a lot of work. Um, IPAs are having IPAs are having a a third, three decades right now, yeah. Tony. I think. Yeah, they're having a nice they're into their third or, or so decade of being extremely popular. I'm sorry, but if your menu just consists of IPAs and only IPAs, that's a huge fucking. Sl- Slice of the beer pie. Do you know how far it goes from like a session IPA to a West Coast IPA to a Nipah to a session of all Nipah to an English style sure. IPA, Belgian style IPAs, New World style IPAs? There are so many beers there. It's like the fact is, Tony, that Burgeon, Burgeon's beer list is like seven IPAs, two. Poppy Pilsners, yep, and a stout. Pretty much every time you'll get that, right? That's pretty much what you're getting when you go in there. Uh, maybe a porter is on the list, but the thing is that every one of those IPAs is fucking good. Yep. Um, so, uh, listen, is that if I went into a place and they weren't cleaning their glasses and they were serving only IPAs? Oh, of course, yeah, maybe I'm getting out of there. Yep. But if I know that Burgeon is Burgeon, right? If I know they're these masters of hops, right? And they have these, you know, not to use, you know, not to sound like uh, fucking Liam Neeson, but they have a particular set of skills in making IPA, then I want to try them, right? I yep. want to know. Why, who, why are they so good at this? Cellar Maker. Why is Cellar Maker so good at this? Why is Russian River making fucking the best IPA? And can I have more of it, you know? Um, that's 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 fine to me. I I may be skeptical if you have 28 taps of IPA. Then yeah. I may be like, because I'm like, okay, how can, all these be fresh? how can all these taste good? Yeah. <laughs> Abel Baker. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, yeah, Burgeon has like 10, so whatever. All right, next up. Bartender's not paying attention to guests. I mean, this is not even a brewery red flag. This is like a venue red place. flag. Service venue. industry. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is, this is a management issue rather than a, a brewery issue. This um, happens in every workforce, not just the service industry, not just hospitality. Like if you've got people that you work with that are spending all day not doing their fucking work, because that's what we're talking about is people not doing their work or not doing it competently. Yeah. Part of it being front of house in the service industry is communicating with guests and then doing your work. That is... That is 1A and 1B. Um, so if you're not doing your work, you don't have a confident workforce, yeah, huge red flag. Bigger issues in the brewery for sure. Yeah. And then last one is serving beer exclusively in pint glasses. So first of all, I'm, I'm get okay, they are meaning shaker pint because the, uh, the Reddit poster here says, not a total red flag or business killer, but one of my biggest pet peeve is getting served a beer in a generic, nondescript shaker pint. It automatically makes everything feel cheaper. A shaker pint does nothing for good beer presentation and consumption. I tend to agree. I don't love the shaker pint. Yeah. You know, at least get a Willie Betcher or like one of these bodega glasses or something like that that, um, you know, are a little more interesting and well, might work for the beer a little better, but. 
There's a reason. Or at least why get a nonic or something. Yeah, you know, whatever. There's a reason they're called a shaker pint because they're designed to go in the other end of a tin to be used as a shaker. Um, yep. So cocktail yeah. shaker, please. Yep. Yeah, the um, shaker pint is perhaps the least interesting of all the beer glass shapes. I I don't agree that every beer should be in its own glassware. I think that's a cool experience if you can get that. But for most breweries out there, as long as they've got a couple of different sizes and maybe one specialty beer glass, that's all you can really afford to stock if you're most breweries. You can't afford to be going out and getting everything. Like a pint, half pint, and a specialty glass, to me, that that's perfectly fine. But a that's shaker okay. pint, yeah. a shaker pint is, yeah, a bit of a red flag. It's like also breweries that run out of glassware too quickly and go to plastic cups super early is a huge red flag for me. Right. Yep. I agree. Okay, so that's a mixed bag of red, maybe two red flags in there somewhere, but not five. Let's jump over to this. This is the big news in uh, in Melbourne, at least. Yeah. Um, Carwin Cellars has been bought. Carwin Cellars has come up on this show quite a bit as being a place that sells great beer, puts on beer events, uh, gets all kinds of American breweries in, like Side Project and Bottle Logic and the like. Turns out they have been purchased by Fox Friday. So Fox Friday Craft Brewery and has bought them. Um, I don't know. I, I read through this, and it doesn't seem like much is changing about the business. Not in the very near future. I don't have a ton of knowledge. Now, what I don't know much about here, Tony, is much about Fox Friday. I, know, I was not familiar with that brewery. Um, it sounds like they are opening a tap. The, the bigger news to me was that they'll be opening a tap room in Melbourne, and they're, they're kind of nationwide, it appears. Yeah. So. Uh, I've had some of their beers that have arrived at my local IGA. Um, haven't been blown away by anything within their core range, um, but it's probably um, something to keep an eye out for to see if there's going to be an improvement um, with their beer or they're just just a smart business operator that um, knows how to work. Uh, it be interesting to see what happens with Carwin. Hopefully their budgetary... Um, and management doesn't change. That's my concern is if it's been bought out and even if they keep the same managerial staff, will they still have the same freedom to spend on beers that they've currently got? Um, I hope so. Yeah, what you'd hope is that this Fox Friday is a, a, is a decent money operation, especially being nationwide, because it looks like what they brew, they're opening places in Perth and shit. Like, um, so... You're hoping they come in with some cash and it just facilitates them to do more. Yeah. Right. Um, I would guess Carwin Sellers is, I must be wrong. I know it's expensive to get these American kegs, but is relatively profitable. I mean, they're not making beer, so you'd think they're doing okay, but maybe they're just feeling yeah. squeezed from COVID restrictions still. And You wouldn't know what the outside factors are as well. Um, right. So there may be things unrelated to the actual business that may have prompted them to sell. You don't always know these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Mr. Cowan staying on and, and most of their management team being in place, I hope uh, it's just an injection of cash uh, and a change in the corporate side of things and, and we still have a, a great bottle shop that's that's run. But 
hey, if, if it does fall apart, somebody will be there to pick up the pieces and there will be another incarnation of sure. a place like Carwin. I suspect it will... Um, I suspect uh, it, it'll be okay. Um, I think this is easier for a place like this to see through because um, yep. they're not going to change recipes. You no. know, they're not going to change. You know, you're not going to get the Goose Island effect. Um, my my suspicion is they will. Um, these guys seem like tough, like good business owners. They're going to want to keep doing the stuff they want to do, and uh, I suspect you won't see a massive amount of change. Except you'll maybe start seeing their beer on tap. You might see a Fox Friday on tap every once in a while. Huh? Well, th- that's like sort of my fear. Is, yeah. is does that tap list become overrun with like mediocre Fox? Fox Friday beers. Well, it says they're opening a brewery um, or a tap room in Melbourne, so they'll have an, they'll have their own place there to put as many of their yep. potentially mediocre or better beers on on tap. So, um, it looks like this is a kings and convicts type situation where somebody yeah. with money um, came in and bought this little brewery, and now they're just they're, they've got some cash. So, according to uh, according to them, they don't want the Carwin place to be um you won't see any more fox friday in the fridges are on tap than you do now so let's see how long that lasts but fascinating i am so excited to go to this place this is like top of my list is hanging out at this place and seeing what they have going on so i'm very excited for that um all right tony last thing i got this was interesting to me uh it threw me for a loop when i saw this we've talked a lot in the past about glass whales I should make a glass whales emoji. That's what we really need. We it haven't is. talked about them in a while, though. I <laughs> haven't been getting as many updates about various pieces of glassware by 450 that look like bongs or whatever. Um, uh, Vegas isn't as hot on the weird glassware. But um, this this came through the PR Newswriter from Sizion, uh, and this is from the 29th of August. That the beer glassware market size is estimated to grow by $132 million at a compounded annual growth rate of 5.3%. Wow. All right. So the increasing popularity is a key driver shaping the market growth. So now wait a minute, Tony, but I've been hearing that the craft beer market has been sucking major ass. Interesting. It's almost like that. These are two different marketplaces. These are two different are markets people, yeah. with different people. And the, yeah, are people just buying glass whales? And or B are the people who are estimating this market size scammers? <laughs> That's my other. Are they well, fucking with these people? Then they're not really talking about glass whales. But what you are seeing is probably breweries actually using glassware to entice customers. Uh, Mountain okay. Culture, I know, are doing a package where you get a glass. Um, probably pushing back into more beer events. Um, that's probably driving sales because we don't know where these numbers are. We didn't dive deep into it, but how much of those numbers affected in a pandemic world and a post-pandemic world, how much oh, of that is actually led to growth? Um, it's not surprising that we're seeing a growth in beer glasses while we're seeing a reduction in the beer industry as a whole. A lot of those places that we we were talking about that had shaker pints only are the places that are 
tending to suffer as there is a contraction in the beer industry. But the places that have quality beer and therefore serve their beer in a variety of different uh, manners. Okay, Ooh, the, the red flag survive. has come back. Yes. The red flag has reappeared, the shaker pint. Um, I was sort of interested to see a significant trend here is increasing demand for environment-friendly products is emerging is an emerging trend influencing the growth of the beer glassware market. Because so I'm not sure if I entirely wrap my head around that. but What they're saying is they want glass over plastic or they want less lead-based crystal. Sure. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I really don't. Sure, that, I, that I tend to agree. Market. I was going to say, I was like... That's PR. Are, are, a lot of people, are a lot of people drinking their fancy beer out of like a solo cup? I mean, I don't really know. Whatever. I mean, the only time I do that is when I'm in a hotel room and I need to drink barley wine. That's about, that's about it. Um, so there you go, gang. Get your glasses now because the uh, the market's blowing up. We're, who knows? Under You know, with how things are with Joe Brandon, we might be running out of glassware any day now. Yep. Oh, well. All right. I always find these press releases um, really intriguing how technically they're written, yet I know somebody will take it and use it to make one of the articles that, or the style of article that we read on on the, it's the, the other bull, parts. Of it's it. the bullshit we see on Vine Pair. Yeah, yeah, it's the same fucking shit. This is the type of shit, though, that, okay, somebody from Som, right? They're on here, Som, which is the glass company. In Germany, yep. Uh, some business development fucker, you know, which is which was at a time me uh, gets on here and, and like their boss is like, "Hey, we need to find some reports about market growth. We're we, we're about coming up on our strategic plan. We got to fucking tell the shareholders how much how rich we're going to get." All right, fine. I got to go find. And you go on these websites and they give you a credit card and you buy one of these fucking reports. Uh, that is apparently the verifiable info that you need. Yep. But what they don't tell you is this fucking shit's made up too. You know, it's all just like some analysts, like mysterious calculus they're doing in their head that tells them some magic. There's no, there's often no numbers that really, like look at the, you can even see in this picture, numbers are pretty variable and steady. And then all of a sudden in 2023, they just start going up in a straight line. You can see it in his chart. Yep. Okay, well, why the fuck would that happen? There's no proof that that will... What are you talking about? But they always... The numbers always go up in a straight line. It's amazing how they do that. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But that's how you sell these reports, is you have to say it's going to grow by X, or else somebody will look for another report that says it's going to grow, because they only want somebody to have data that says it grows. They do not want you to have data that says it will contract or anything. Yes, absolutely. It's really, it's really funny shit. Um, so that's a peak. That's a peak under the curtain. <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Nick Tork's been in these worlds before. Maybe he'll disagree with me. But I think if if, if you can't prove growth, then don't bother proving shit. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it's, it. That's Just tell lies. Like. Just go full right. Ron DeSantis. Exactly. It is. I'm Donald not kidding. Trump. It seems to be the. <laughs> seems to be it. All right, Tony. Speaking of telling lies, I think it's time to tell some lies. Damn it! It's time to play. Two brews and a lie. Beer. 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 That was a lie. Yeah! All right, Tony. This game has actually gotten a lot easier for me in recent months. 
uh, for me to write with the advent of a little box that will help me write these things. Is that uh, a word Tony, what I did? Are you using Word? Word? Um, word, word perfect. Perfect. I'm word on Word perfect, perfect seven. Yeah. Or word perfect five point one. Whatever one yeah. that you had to know all the F keys for all the shortcuts. F three. That's right. Plus, yeah. I'm on Claris Works. Claris <laughs> Works. I love it. And you're getting so, all um, your research from Encyclopedia Encarta. Yeah, I'm on Encarta, yep. So what I did today, Tony, is, um, well, we were, I was just in pumpkin mode. We're in pumpkin mode. We're getting into pumpkin mode. Uh, the most famous maker of pumpkin beers in the U.S. is does just happen to be Elysian, which is now, of course, owned by Anheuser-Busch, based in Seattle. We do a pumpkin festival every year. Uh, well, they aren't the my broader, favorite pumpkin beer. The broader U.S. market, that's correct. But to the beer engine audience, who's my pumpkin? As softly as the top pumpkin beer maker in the, the beer, beer engine. engine. Yep. But uh, we do um, we respect Elysian's uh, the the amount of various pumpkin types they make. They make many many types of pumpkin uh, beer styles. We'll say. They're not focused merely on the on the plain old, you know, brown ale, pump, pumpkin ale, whatever. They're making everything. So what I did here is I got a couple real ones from Elysian. And that's snuck one. Uh, for each round, I've snuck one in that I made up along with our friends over at uh, Artificial Intelligence. I uh, had to tidy them up a little bit, but they gave me the ideas here. So, um Let's uh let's start out with round one. Uh, Tony, if you can get two of the three of these, this is gonna um, be tough. Because we will uh we will um if, if Tony gets two of the three, he will donate a five million dollars to um the uh home for orphan pumpkins, Saint Saint Cinderella's home for orphan pumpkins, and if he loses, he'll donate ten million. So uh, it's gonna be great. Is it tax deductible? That's what I want to know. Yes, of course. Okay. We will, you know what? You can take that right off the top of your taxes. But good luck getting anything out of it with your massive beer engine salary. This is true. Although... First one, yes. Being in that, that top half a percent or top 0.2% of all income earners, mm. how much tax do I really pay Fucking anyway? Fucking kicks ass is what it does. Yep. Oh, okay, sorry. I don't, I don't pay any tax to anyone. Come on, that's why I pay accountants. I don't pay tax. No. Yeah, what What did Mr. Smithers say? Uh, sir, we are creative bookkeeping. We only paid 87 cents. That's right. We're getting screwed. Um, <laughs> all right. First round. First one. First round. Round one. Beer one. Hansel and Gretel ginger pumpkin pilsner. Uh, the crispness of our house lager yeast and the subtle spiciness of Czech Saz hops makes this a very drinkable beer. Brewed with organic pale, Weyermann Munich, and Karahel malts with pumpkin added in the mash, kettle, and fermenter. Spiced with fresh ginger and hopped with lots of Czech Saz. Otherwise, it wouldn't be traditional. 4.5% ABV. Okay. That, All right. That could definitely be real. Second one I got for you is the Pumpkin Enigma Gosa. It is brewed with Whispering Gourd Pumpkin Puree, a dash of cardamom and star anise, 
an unexpected twist of ghost pepper heat, uh, astral amber malt lends an otherworldly hue and body, while uh, honeybush balances the heat with a delicate sweetness. Oh, that... That's riding a line. That's pushing into Murray Povich territory. Oh. Mm. The last one I got for you, this is called the Calatrava Pumpkin Ale. 101 hot habanero chilies and 30 vanilla beans are added to the fermenter, ferment, ferment, along with pumpkin, and the beer is aged on fresh epizote. Tony, you know what epizote no. is? Like a Mexican tea herbal I, herb thing, yeah. Hmm. There you go. You got so you got Ansel and Gretel Pilsner. You got the pumpkin gosa, and you got Calatrava the uh, with the Epizote chilies and vanilla beans. Now, as much as I like to think, how does Griffey Junior write? I'm going <laughs> to go with my it's gigantism. <laughs> with my first thought is. I wonder if Griff wrote the titles for these beer or if AI did. If AI did, I'm going to go with beer number three. If Griff wrote the titles, I'm going to go with beer number two. That's my toss-up. I think beer number one, legit beer, um, fits with their naming convention. I'm going to go with beer number three as the lie. The Calatrava? The Calatrava. Tony, that is incorrect. The beer that I made up was is it the two? Gosa. <laughs> yep. I was close. The pumpkin Gosa with ghost pepper and honey bush and cardamom and star anise. All right. All right. So Tony needs these next two or else he has to donate the full 10 mil to St. Cinderella's pumpkin orphan house or whatever it is I said. Next up. All right. Let's start with this one. This one sounds pretty good. Let's go with the Kerbitnus Pumpkin Dunkel Weizenbach. This was brewed with pale Munich Karahel and Karamunich malts, pale and dark wheat malt, northern brewer hops, and pumpkin throughout the mash, kettle, and fermenter. Fermented with the Weinstefan East strain. So you got a pumpkin dark Weizenbach. I, there are a couple of red flags, but I think there's going to be a couple of red flags in all these descriptions, but there's nothing screaming at me that that is a, um AI description. All right, how about this one? This is the Muffin Top Mountain Blueberry <laughs> Pumpkin Ale. Good name. I like it. Brewed with 90, brewed with 90 pounds of blueberries from Sakuma Farm. We added magnum hops for a slight bitterness and mosaic hops to enhance blueberry aroma. So this sounds like sort of a hoppy blueberry beer pumpkin. It does, yeah. And then the last one is called the Radiant Harvest Ale. It harmonizes pumpkin essence, stargrass, and a hint of saffron with cardamom and elderflower uh, added to weave an intriguing taste. That, to me, sounds like it is AI. And here's the thing. Maybe I don't know what it is, but I don't know what the fuck stargrass is. I reckon it's made that up whole cloth. So I'm going to go with number three. The other two to me, Northern Brewers are a bit of an odd choice to be promoting that. So that's a red flag with beer number one. Um, but I'm going to go with 
beer number three because I don't know what Stargrass is. So if you don't know what an ingredient Stargrass. is, AI has definitely made it up. Stargrass is a real ingredient. It's an herb that grows mainly in swamps, especially near the seashore, harvested commercially in Virginia, Tennessee, and North Carolina. It has a sweet taste, which will eventually, if you overpower with it, will be bitter and soapy. So maybe like a cilantro. Um, but Tony, you're actually correct. Uh, that is the made up one. Yes. Uh, radiant harvest ale was fake. Um, the other ones, I'm not sure if they sound actually the Dunkel pumpkin Weizenbach sounded good. I would absolutely try that. Uh, the blueberry yep. pumpkin ale with the, uh, all the hops. I don't, I don't know about that, but okay. Moving on. Round three. This is for all the, this is for all the marbles. First one up, oh man, this one's called the Shadow Gourd IPA. Explore the mystique of Elysian's Shadow Gourd IPA, which merges pumpkin puree, mosaic hops, and a hint of sage. Okay. All right. The next one you got is the Goblin Party. Sorry, I'm just... Goblin... Oh, yeah, sage, yeah. Sage and pumpkin oh, is a... classic pairing. That is yeah, that is a, not the unusual part. It's just the see, sage I mentioned and pumpkin to someone. I mentioned sage and pumpkin to some. I mentioned this um, sage and pumpkin to to someone recently, and I was uh, taken aback because I think here everybody thinks of pumpkin with fucking cinnamon and nutmeg. So yeah. they were like sage so, with pumpkin. Like sage and pumpkin would be great. It's yeah. like got that you make you know, a very pump- savory taste. You know, yeah. Pumpkin gnocchi. With a brown butter sauce and crispy sage oh, leaves. Oh, God, the greatest fucking shit ever. Yeah, pumpkin gnocchi, pumpkin um, ravs. Yep. You know, any of that shit with yeah, some some, sage some and brown butter stuff. sauce. Doesn't, doesn't Ravs, yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. Yep. This one's called... Yeah, I don't know. I've not, you know what? I, I made a rosemary beer Ooh. Um, many years ago, and I, I kind of enjoyed it. You like it? It was... So- I, 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 I like rosemary, so yeah, I do. I do enjoy drinking. Rosemary. Yeah, we should um, get you a leg of lamb while you're here, with garlic and rosemary studded lamb. Mm-hmm. Mm. Great. All right, next up, this is the Goblin Party Pumpkin Milkshake IPA. Pumpkin Milkshake IPA with vanilla, pumpkin spices, lactose, graham cracker, crumbs, and citra and galaxy hops. That that's one's your pastry pe- bot right there. Yeah, that seems real. And the last one I got for you, Tony, is the Purple Pumpkin Eater. This is Belgian-style farmhouse ale brewed with pale barley malt, dark wheat malt, Munich and Belgian aromatic malts with amber, Belgian candy sugar, and lavender added to the boil, German northern brewer, and Czech Saz hops. Pumpkin in the mash, kettle, and fermenter. See, there's a green flag there. I normally talk about red flags. But they used Northern Brewer in the last beer that was real in beer number one. So I think in this case, beer number three is real because they're also referencing Northern Brewer. You think they're just, they just got a big shipment of Northern Brewer and they think it goes good with pumpkin or something? Yeah. It, Northern Brewer is one of those earthy hops that would pair yep. really nicely with yeah. um, pumpkin. So for me, it isn't the fact that it's a strange pairing, but it's a strange pairing around pumpkin spice that's the issue for me, and that is beer number one. I think it's a great combination on its own in a savoury dish, but not in a sweet pumpkin spice dish. So therefore, beer number one 
with the sage is the beer at issue for me. I don't think that's real. I do not think it is the father of the baby. All right. Tony, Elysian Shadow Gourd IPA is not real. Uh, it is fake. You are correct. That is the lie. Tony, you just saved yourself five million big ones, five five million smackaroos. It'll make it. They'll make like life a little easier for you. Now, I will say that sounded better to me than the Goblin Party, which sounds really a lot to me. Maybe a little hefty with the old milkshake flavors here with the vanilla, pumpkin spices, lactose, yep. graham cracker crumbs, and Citra and Galaxy. Hey, classic like milkshake bit, beer, all, all, all over-the-top flavours. Not saying it's good, yeah. but just saying it's a real thing. It's classic. Yeah. It sounds, I mean, it's definitely a real thing. So there you go. That's two brews and a lie. Thank you to our friends over at uh, OpenAI for helping us out with that one this week. And, Tony, I think it's time to tell our listeners where they can find us. They can find us via email, beerengineshow at gmail.com. They can follow us at beerenginepod on Instagram. And they can also give us a tip, ko-fi.com forward slash beerenginepodcast. While you're at our website, um, don't forget to check out the Discord link. Um, we are beerengineshow.com, uh, I believe. And if you want to see us personally checking in beers, something I need to raise my game on, um, you can do that on Untapped. That man across from me is Griff AD. He's checking in a whole bunch of beers, often a, a lager or two. I'm St. Moz on Untapped, often focusing on what I can get locally and the occasional mail in beer. Oh, almost running out of voice there. It's like I've been doing character work for 75 <laughs> minutes and thinking I've only been doing it for 38 because I confuse bars with seconds. I was gonna say you've been you've been really uh, going hard at it, maybe doing some important draft character work. It sounds <laughs> crazy. All right, gang, uh, give us a shout if you want to get on our Discord. Like I said, you can just get there from our website, beerengineshow.com. Uh, and let us know if you want any cool reacts or emotes or whatever you want to call those. We'll throw them up there. But that's all we got. So we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. Bye. I, I thought I'd have something quippy there in the end, but I got nothing. Mm. I'm just going to leave people with this weird ending, just sort of string it out, kind of like um, one other show that I'm involved with. They they put seventy six minutes of nonsense out. <laughs> the, the intro was fine, but the whew, bye. <laughs>